Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello, my beautiful people, and thank you for listening to another episode of Leather Brains. As always, I am your host, Slapdog, and I'm joined here today by my producer and wonderful co-host, Scotty Olmeyer. Yeah, I, I am wonderful. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I figured I would take an approach of trying to be nicer to you this episode than just saying, like, okay, uh, friend. But um, we'll see clearly, how long that lasts. Yeah, it's, clearly it's gotten to your head a little bit already. Um... Matt, some things happened this weekend, um, and I I, I want to make sure you're okay because it was the first weekend without any football on. Are you, uh, yeah, that's are you okay. I'm okay. That's why I'm rocking my uh, my Rockets James Harden jersey. He just got traded mm-hmm. to the 76ers. I'm slowly switching over into basketball mode. Um, always a always a James Harden fan. I like him because he is probably I don't know. He might be the most hated NBA basketball player. Uh, yeah. of of everyone and so i really appreciate that about him and that's why i will continue to be his fan because uh, i really like those uh controversies uh but yeah i'm slowly switching over into basketball mode um though there is nothing that can replace football no and i i see so you're a basketball fan i am not really that big of a basketball guy and it's very difficult for me right now i this last sunday i didn't know what to do with myself i was i was very uh i was very bored and i was a little lost but uh, that's why we play fantasy football. That's why we have dynasty leagues, and that is uh, that's why we do this podcast is to keep talking about football because it never stops. So, um, some other things happened this week, uh, but let's uh, let's just get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. So the first thing is, and I'm sure you probably have seen it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it. But it is the conversation that Mahomes possibly potentially had with his fiance and his brother. There was a tweet that was sent out by uh, Rich Ornberger. I think I said that right. Uh, and he said another interesting note. I've been told Patrick Mahomes had a sit down following the season with his brother and fiance. Ultimately, and concluded with him asking them not to attend any games this upcoming season. I know that you're a Chiefs fan. What do you think about this? Well, I, I really think all the hate for Patrick Mahomes' family is uh, is a bit overhyped um, because while his fiance and brother are among the um, least likable people on the face of the earth, um, I, as a Chiefs fan, embrace them as my own family. And so I'm willing to put up with all their shenanigans uh, just because, uh, you know, they, they are uh, at the heart of the Chiefs organization, whether we like it or not. Um, the other thing to say, though, is that Patrick Mahomes... You know, when, when people criticize players, you know that they are very, very good players when the first criticism comes from off the field. So they're saying things like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's so great, but look at his stupid brother. And yeah, his brother is stupid. But guess what? If that's the worst thing you got to say about him, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. But it, I, there's, a, there's a lot here to, to unpack. I know in the past I have said that I will not be a uh, chief supporter until... Um, Jackson Mahomes gets banned from the stadium. And so I was I was actually really, really happy to see this tweet. Whether it's true or not, uh, we don't know. But um, couldn't you argue that they are a distraction for him? Do, do you not think that they are a distraction for him 
while he needs to focus on football? Well, I don't think they're a distraction during the game. I think it's definitely bad for his image outside of uh, outside of playing on the field, but I don't think it impacts his, his play on the field, so I don't really care. And on top of that, it provides us fans a lot of entertainment, um, not the not the TikToks that Jackson Mahomes releases, but the reaction <laughs> to the TikToks is very entertaining. I really enjoy it. I personally think he should be the halftime show at every Chiefs game. Go out there and do a stupid oh, TikTok, no. TikTok dance no. by himself. Yeah, and then just have his uh, fiance running around squirting everyone with champagne and beer uh, <laughs> in divisional games. And I love that. That's a it, it's all positive. I, I I like him. I I I was really torn when she's spraying champagne everywhere. I really was torn if I because like I. I try and empathize and be like, man, I would do the same thing. So I don't want to hate on her too much. Um, his brother, though, I'm not a fan, man. Uh, if if you're a Chiefs fan, you probably have seen the Instagram post that the local Kansas City bar uh, posted about Jackson Mahomes. And it was basically like, I'm sorry that you're, in, you know, you feel entitled and all this because supposedly Jackson Mahomes and some of his um, friends went into a, a very tight small bar and demanded a place to sit they didn't have reservations and the guy was the owner was like i'm sorry i i didn't know you were coming and so i guess he threw a fit and was slandering the bar and so i don't know it was a huge thing i thought it was funny uh because the bar owner pretty much roasted jackson mahomes and i think he deserved it and then there's just some other stupid stuff that he does that i am just not a fan of like um there was a memorial on the field and he stepped over it was roped off he stepped over to for tiktok clout and stuff like that so <laughs> i'm not a fan um oh i love it dude i love it i say keep it i think coming. you're in the we minority need, of, of chiefs fans that like content. It. no yeah, we don't right. we don't um so uh I, I think that i don't think this conversation actually really happened uh between mahomes and his fiance and brother um because that would be such a difficult conversation to have and that's how do you tell your fiance, hey, stop coming to, and supporting me? So, and and Patrick even tweeted later on and was like, y'all are just making up stuff now with a bunch of laughing emojis. So, probably didn't happen. I, yeah. I secretly, a part of me hopes it did because I'm tired of seeing them on TV. So, I hope it happened, but I doubt it really did. I, so. I just really think it, it seems absurd, to, like on a very real basis. Jackson Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' fiance, whatever her name is, Kelly or something. Brittany. Um, Brittany, yeah. Uh, these people are adults, and I really don't understand why they can't just not act like a to- like a bunch of morons. Like, just don't act like a bunch of morons. You know you're on TV. Just don't do stupid shit. Just I be think that's a why they do fan. it, though. I think that's I why know. they do it is because they're, I mean, they're relatively young. I think they're both younger than we are. Um, and, I mean, we're young. we're young sprouts. Uh, so, and they're, they have more money than like we will ever have, or most, most normal people will ever have. And they came into that wealth very early. So I, I think they're trying to cope with that and learn how the world works now that they're wealthy and rich and famous. Yeah. Um, well, but I, for one, am just keeping very close tabs on the real story of the Mahomes family, which when is Jackson Mahomes going to come out of the closet finally? Because we all know it's going to happen. Like he's I, just an yeah. aggressively homosexual person and there's nothing wrong with that. But he no. just won't admit it, and so I, I would be very interested uh, to see when that's going to happen. And that we'll should break, be a prop. We'll break bet. that news. That should be that a prop. Be a, bet on, <laughs> that be on, a prop. on a sports book. So if you're a sports book out there, we would love to do some business with you. A prop bet on coming out of the closet, which is you know I I think it would be a great 
a great prop. But I bet he'd probably stop acting like such a dipshit because he doesn't feel like he has to hide his true self anymore. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about this week that I think was worthy of some news was uh, Brian Flores. So I don't want to really delve very, very deep into the whole Brian Flores suing the NFL, but we all know that's happening. Um, obviously, there's some changes that need to be made in the NFL. What that looks like is is way beyond <laughs> anything that I, I can fully understand or, or have a comprehension of. But um, Brian Flores was, was the Dolphins head coach. He was fired uh, after two years. I liked Brian Flores. I thought he did a great job with the Dolphins. Um, and supposedly there was some personnel issues as far as the the owner not meshing well with Brian Flores. I thought Brian Flores was going to get another head coach job. And on top of that, David Coley, who was the head coach for the Texans, got fired after one year. He he won some games. That Texans team looked pretty freaking good for having nothing, absolutely nothing. They looked fairly decent. Nobody expected anything of them, and then they fired David Coley. I think that was because they wanted Brian Flores. I really, truly do, because Brian Flores and Deshaun Watson had a relationship. I think we talked about it on a previous episode. Um, and then all of the, the the stuff came out with Brian Flores suing, and I think that really tanked his ability to get a head coaching job. Yeah, He just got hired by the Steelers. As a, it was like a defensive assistant coach type manager thing I, I don't know the exact title but it was a defensive assistant coach uh with the Steelers so that was was interesting it really was um from the Steelers perspective you have any you have any thoughts on this well I just without delving too far into the controversy I think it's it's a hire that makes some sense from a like a political perspective because you have Brian Flores who has kind of made himself out now to be uh, uh an activist of of sorts um, mm-hmm. And so regardless of his coaching ability, you as an organization, you have to say, OK, if we hire this guy um, as a head coach and he underperforms, are we going to be able to fire him without being sued? And that's like a legitimate conversation that they, that these front offices have to have, you know, because uh, he yeah. showed himself willing to put himself out there. Um, and so if there's any hint of any malpractice or anything like that, he is going to expose it. Um, the Steelers is a good organization for that because they obviously have a black head coach. Um, yep. And so they they sort of have that where, you know, they want to give Brian Flores the job and they're insulated in that way where there's no charges of racism or anything like that that would come out if, you know, things don't work out for Brian Flores or anybody else. Um, so I think the, the hire makes sense. I'm sure Brian Flores is disappointed, uh, but he's a really young guy. He's got a future in the league and he'll, he'll end, uh, end up being a head coach somewhere at some point in time. I, I I think you said it very, very well, and I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, down the line, he will probably find another head coaching position. I hope he does, because I think he did wonderful with the Dolphins and, he, and growing that team. So I think he definitely has a potential future uh, yeah. somewhere else. But like you said, I think it was um, – that's a really good way to put that as far as the Steelers taking Brian Flores, and he should be. I mean, he, he definitely has coaching talent, and uh, hopefully uh, he does well with them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's really all the NFL news uh, for the week. Right now, it's kind of dry. Super Bowl just ended, um, so we will touch base and grab any news that we find relevant. We'll throw it at you guys, but it's gonna be slim pickings for a little bit. So, as mentioned on last episode, we are going to do a little bit of a deep dive. We're gonna just part one of two on the receivers of this year. We're gonna go over the top ten receivers on this episode next episode we'll go from 11 to 20 
really we just want to kind of talk about them as far as do we think they will con- for for today's episode do we think that these top 10 receivers will crack the top 10 again next year or where do we see their futures as far as fantasy is concerned so scotty would you like to take the reins on the first one yeah definitely i mean the, the first and most obvious one number one ranked wide receiver is cooper cup um yep. you know the 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 obvious answer is absolutely this guy is the best of the best um he's top tier right now and i i think there's barring an injury or something like that there's almost no doubt uh he's going to be sitting top 10 by the end of next year i agree i mean um he he won the triple crown so he is obviously an incredible receiver him and matt stafford have a great relationship and uh and yeah i think i think that's a no-brainer i think cooper cup do you think he will be the number one receiver next year I think there's a damn good chance um, that that mm-hmm. offense is, uh, you know, the, the major players aren't changing all that much. Um, I think there's no reason to believe why he shouldn't be the first receiver off the board in redraft leagues. Um, and I think he's he's definitely going to be at least in the conversation. I think he should be. Yeah, absolutely. He I mean, he put up twenty five point nine. That was his average points per game. That's incredible. I mean, you don't get that out of running backs every week. And that was his. I mean, he was a cheat code. He won you fantasy football championships. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that I, there's a very good chance he, he will do so again next year. I, I am interested to see, though, because Cooper Cup isn't getting any younger. So I, I've seen a lot of questions around Cooper Cup. Should I sell Cooper Cup? I think that really depends on where your fantasy football teams are at as far as are you a contender for a championship? Because if the answer is yes, then no, you shouldn't get rid of Cooper Cup. But if 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 you're not a contender and you have Cooper Cup and you're looking to build in some areas, it might be time to sell him because his value is going to be no higher than it is here right now. And you could capitalize off that, maybe get, you know, some some prospects to help build. So I like Cooper Cup and I think he will continue to do very well next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I really don't think though that there's there's at least no reason to believe that his value right now is going to drop significantly by this time next year. Um, so no. I, I mean, you're right. If, if you're in like a total rebuild, like you've got nobody and you need to completely restructure everything. Okay. Sell him. Uh, but I think outside of that, you keep that guy in your roster for at least another year, see what he can do because he's going to be putting up points uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I agree. Next up. And this one is going to get interesting very quickly. Uh, D Adams, Devonte Adams with the Green Bay Packers. He finished number two in the wide receiver top ten for for PPR, with an average of twenty one and a half points per game. What do we think? He's tough, man. It's gonna it's gonna all depend on where he lands, where uh, his quarterback lands. Who who you know who. The, the person throwing him the ball is going to make the biggest difference for him. Yes. Um, there's no doubt that any team that he goes to, he's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a wide receiver one. Um, but, you know, if you're a wide receiver one on a team that has no quarterback, uh, you're going to have a lot harder time putting up fantasy points. So um, yes. that's it's it's up in the air. Um, I personally would. The thing about Devontae Adams is you can look to sell him right now. And I think you're in the situation in your dynasty league. You were mentioning I am. To me. you yep. can look to you can look to sell him right now. But any fantasy manager worth their salt recognizes that his situation is so up in the air. So if I'm a fantasy manager that's trying to trying to build a wide receiver, I am not going to overspend for Devontae Adams. Um, and he's still valuable, no doubt about it. Um, but I'm, you're, you're, I, I personally am not going to give up, you know, top tier price point for a, a receiver that we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for him. 
Yeah, and I, and there's so much speculation around the Green Bay Packers. You know, I they have come out and said they're they're willing to to go all in on on getting Aaron and keeping him, and they're gonna do a bunch of different things with their salary to try and keep him, their salary cap to try and keep him. We'll see. That's going to be a developing thing. I'm going to say that I think Devonta Adams will still crack the top ten next year. I, I don't know if he'll fall number two. Um, that's going to largely depend on, as you mentioned, his quarterback situation. Uh, but I, I think there is a very high probability that he cracks the top ten next year. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I think he's probably probably pretty safe bet to stay in the top ten. Okay. Number three, Debo Samuel with the San Francisco 49ers, scored number three in overall wide receivers with an average of 21.2 points a game. Do you have any initial thoughts on this? Uh, it's another one that's a little bit up in the air. Um, in all likelihood, Trey Lance is going to be the one throwing on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Debo Samuel is, here's, here's my non-analyst take. Uh, Debo Samuel is one of the most fun players in football to watch, and I want him on my team for that reason. He makes <laughs> fantasy so much more so much more fun. Um, so yep. I value him higher than I maybe should, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's an elite wide receiver. I would say with Trey Lance throwing him the ball, he still uh, has you know great potential to be a great wide receiver. He's someone I'm hanging on to, and I bet he will be in the top 10 next year as well. I, I agree. I don't see him as number three. I maybe bring him down a couple pegs, and, and in large part, I do that for what you mentioned is Trey Lance not or being his quarterback. That's it's going to be a little bit more interesting. Debo was kind of, I mean, he was a utility player for for the 49ers all year. He was a running back. He was a receiver. He was a quarter. I mean, he threw a ball at one point. He did it all for him. <laughs> so um, he is somebody who has tremendous value. He is super fun to watch, as you mentioned, and I do think he will stay in the top 10. I don't think he will finish third next year. I think he'll finish below that. Uh, and that's there. there's a lot of different factors that that involves, um, but I, I do certainly think he still will have tremendous fantasy value going forward. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I, he's someone, again, you know, I'm, I'm hanging on to, if anything, just for – the amount of fun that it is to to watch him play football and you're right I mean he is a he's a player that's utilized in so many different ways um you have to imagine that he's going to find a way to get some fantasy points you know yeah I agree uh number four on the list Justin Jefferson Vikings wide receiver one he finished wide receiver number four with an average of 19.4 points a game he uh, this is the second year in the NFL uh, and I, I think he will definitely be a top 10 wide receiver next year. Um, and then we'll see from there. And the reason being is because there is some controversy going on with Kirk Cousins. I, we're not going to speculate two years down the road. Uh, but Justin Jefferson is, a, is an a incredibly talented wide receiver. He will be in the top 10. And I, I see people who are like, should I sell Justin Jefferson? Why? Why would you sell him? Because right now... He is, I mean, he's, you could argue he's in his prime. He's not slowing down. He's a young receiver. He's incredibly talented. He has solidified himself. You know what he's capable of, and I I think he will definitely be in the top 10 next year for sure. Yeah. The biggest thing that he's got going for him, like you mentioned, is his age. Uh, If you're in a dynasty Mm -hmm. league, this is a guy that's going to produce for a long time, Um, and it doesn't look like the offense is going to change all that much 
by next year, as far as I know. Um, and so I'd say at least another year you get a safe bet there. So I don't see any reason to get rid of him. I think you need to hang on to him or try and acquire him as best you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, number five. I know that uh, you had him in a redraft this year. Jamar Chase finished as wide receiver five this year with an average of 17.9 points per game as a rookie. What do you think? How are you feeling with Jamar? Well, I tell you that drafting Jamar Chase and hanging on to him throughout his rookie year might be the pinnacle of my fantasy management (laughs) Um, because I picked him up at the end of our draft just on a whim and man, it made me feel like a genius. Um, the thing, the thing, the thing about Jamar Chase, uh, as someone who owned him in my primary league this year, um, he is phenomenal. He's going to put up points, but because so many of his points come on huge plays where he's getting the ball 50 yards downfield. And it was almost like you could count on those, but yeah. there were games where he wasn't able to make that connection and he was almost a dud in those games. So you have to be careful with him. Uh, a lot of it's going to be based on matchups. He is now known as one of the top tier receivers in the league, uh, which means he's going to be seeing the best of the best on defense. Um, yeah. So whether or not he'll be in the top 10, I think largely depends on his ability to grow in his role and, uh, and to learn a little bit more. He's going to be getting a lot more attention this upcoming year than he was for a lot of this year. Uh, and that's going to make a difference in terms of his point totals. Um, I think there's a very good chance he stays one of the elite receivers in the league, um, especially because he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. Um, but it all kind of depends on his ability to adjust now that he has all the attention focused on him. So very quickly, is he is he in your top ten next year? Is he right outside of it, or just just spitballing? What do you think? Uh, no, I'd, I'd definitely put him in the top ten. Looking at the rest of this list, I would put him above several several names. Um, okay. So I would say he might drop a little bit. Um, like I said, just now with defense is keying on him, um, but. I mean, there's a very good chance that I'm even wrong about that and that he, you know, we saw him dominate college football. We saw him dominate in his rookie season. Um, there's no real reason to believe he's not going to continue to grow and get better and still maintain the value that he has now. I agree. I, I think that I I would probably, if I were to put him anywhere, I would put him probably anywhere from five to seven next year and, and large mm-hmm. in part due to what you just mentioned. Um you look at all these other guys who who are who have finished before him, and they all have quarterbacks who've been in the league for a while. They're experienced; they know what they're doing. Um, and Debo Samuel, he's going to get Trey Lance next year, but he had Jimmy G this year. And I'm not saying Jimmy G's good, but he's somebody who who has played in the NFL. He's done it. Joe Burrow is a very young quarterback, and he is very talented, but he he doesn't have a ton of experience in the NFL because he got hurt last year and was out for like half the year. So mm-hmm. it, it, I think that both of them are going to learn together. Um, and I think Jamar Chase will finish top 10 next year for sure. It's just going to be interesting because as you mentioned, he is, he is now known as the wide receiver one, you know who that opens that up for people like T Higgins, T Higgins. I mean, he's also a, a very talented wide receiver, it's going to be the T Higgins and Jamar Chase show. And most of that offense is coming back. They need some help at O-line. But overall, I, I, Jamar Chase is too talented not to finish in the top 10 next year. So I, I would agree with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, just looking at the rest of this list, and we're going to touch on a lot of these names, but I'd pick Jamar Chase over Tyreek Hill. 
I'd pick him mm-hmm. over Deontay Johnson. I'd pick him over Hunter Renfro, Mike Evans. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I really think uh, going into next year, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be sitting top ten. I agree. Uh, you just name dropped him, wide receiver number six on the year, Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs, finished with an average of seventeen point four points a game. What do you think about Tyreek Hill as a Chiefs fan and as an analyst? As a Chiefs fan, he is my spirit animal, uh, the cheetah. <laughs> the cheetah. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Um, it is so much fun watching this guy play football. As a fantasy uh, fantasy manager, you'd love to have him on your team, but you do not want to overspend for this guy. Um, and it's just because yep. the Chiefs offense has so many weapons. Um, mm-hmm. And so any given year, he can put up 17 points per game. He could also put up nine points per game. Uh, you just you never really know kind of where he's going to land. I think there's there's – not a, a great argument to be made that he won't be in the top 10. I would say there's a good chance he's going to be more toward the bottom of that list going into next year. Um, and it's just yep. because the odds of him getting the ball as much as he did this year, um, I think are relatively low uh, because they've got so many weapons, so many people to put the, or uh, so many people to, to catch the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. that's a little bit of a crapshoot. Again, you'd love to have him on your team and redraft leagues. You'd love to grab him, um, but you want to make sure you're not overspending for this guy because there is a, a good chance week in and week out that he's not going to touch the ball all that often. No, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. I think that Tyreek Hill is – there's no argument that he is he's an incredible receiver. He's one of the fastest receivers in the league, and he has one of the best quarterbacks thrown in the ball. So uh, I think he will finish top 10, but as you mentioned, I think – Due to the amount of people who eat in that offense, I'm going to put him a little bit lower. I'm going to put him, I think he's going to be lower on that top 10. And I think it's a great take not to overspend on him, whether it's redraft or dynasty. Do you think Tyreek Hill will be in the first round in redrafts this year? You think he'll be a first rounder? Um, Probably. I would say say he's probably going to get picked up toward the end of the first round or beginning of the second round. Um, yeah, that's, I was, where I, that, that's where I'd see it. I was going to say somewhere around like early to mid second round, but I, yeah. I, what do we know? Um, well, he's, he's got a lot of hype around him too is a thing. Whether or not he should be in the first round, it, it depends on who was picked before him, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I think that there's a high likelihood he's going to be he's going to be going, you know, 10th, 11th pick in the first round um, uh, or, you know, early second round. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, he will be. A, I think he will be a top ten next year, but uh, I think he'll be a little bit lower. Number seven on our list. I believe you also owned him in fantasy football redraft league this last year. Uh, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs with an average of sixteen point eight points a game. Your initial thoughts? I like Stephon. I think there's a good chance he's going to go lower just as he gets a little bit older. Um, but he's in a good, he's in a good, uh, a good system, obviously has one of the best young quarterbacks in the league throwing the ball. Um, he's another one very similar to Tyreek Hill where there are a lot of weapons on that team, but he seems to be, he seems to be pretty much a go-to guy, uh, for, uh, for Josh Allen. Um, I would guess he's probably going to be teetering on getting out of the top 10 next year, uh, but he's still going to be elite. Someone you want to have on your team for sure. Yep, that's uh, that's I don't I'm not even gonna say anything else about it because I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, number eight on the list, wide receiver for the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, finished with seventeen point two of an average points per game. What do you think? 
I think without an elite quarterback there, he's going to hurt. Um, you know, obviously a good talent, but it would it would be surprising to me if he maintains a top ten position unless they land you know an Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, great great uh, great athlete uh, made a lot of plays. But he had a, a very experienced quarterback throwing him the ball. Granted, you could make the argument that Big Ben was not an elite quarterback for the last like five years, uh, but he's still someone <laughs> with a great elite quarterback mind. Um, yeah. And so when you have a young quarterback or someone who is not as in tune with that offense uh, throwing the ball, I think you can see regression in his future. I agree completely. I think that without Big Ben there, it, especially if it's Mason Rudolph, and I, I think most of the Steeler fans out there are praying it's not, uh, but if it is, I, I, I don't see him cracking the top 10 next year. If they can get somebody who's, uh, worth anything from a quarterback, maybe, but I, I don't see him, I don't see him cracking the top 10 next year because no matter what, he's going to have to get a quarterback. And I just, I don't know what the options are out there. I'm sure the Steelers are having a lot of conversation about what they're going to do with the quarterback because they don't have one. Um, but that, that's going to be a problem for him. And for that reason, I, I, I think Deontay Johnson is incredibly talented. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. But maybe that's not with the Steelers if he can't find a quarterback. And that makes him worth trading. I don't know. We'll see. I don't put him at top 10. Um, I see him, him falling out of this top 10 list. But... That's going to largely depend on the quarterback. So, Yep, agreed. Okay, uh, wide receiver, number nine on the list of the top ten wide receivers. Mikey Evans, Tampa Bay, 16.4 points average per game. You think Mike Evans is going to crack the top ten next year, man? He was fun to watch, uh, but he had the best quarterback in all of NFL history throwing him the ball. So it's this kind of true. the same story. Um, yep. It all just depends on who who they have slinging it down there in Tampa Bay. Um, so I'd say there's a good chance he's not in the top ten. I agree. I think that uh, they are going to have some issues, and if they can't find a quarterback, and and here's the thing: even if they do find a quarterback, I I don't think I'm going to put Mike Evans in my top ten. I, and the reason being is because if they do find a quarterback, there's still so many weapons that are currently on that offense that we don't know what's happening with them. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronk is, I think he's a free agent now. Is he going to continue to play football? I mean, and then you have Leonard Fournette. There's so many people there that unfortunately got hurt towards the end of the year, and that really hindered the Bucs from making a great playoff run. But uh, what are they going to do? What Are they going to find a quarterback and try and keep keep this thing going? Or are they going to go into a rebuild? And, and I just don't see Mike Evans making the top 10 next year because I think there's, there's just too much going on. I, I think he still has relevance. Maybe he'll find a new home, and that that could work great for him. And if case, then yeah, he if he goes somewhere where they have a great system and a great quarterback, he could definitely crack the top ten. But in his current situation, I'm going to say no. Yep, agreed. Okay, last wide receiver, top ten. I wouldn't have guessed he was top ten. I would have put him in the top twenty for sure, but I wouldn't have put him in the top ten. Las Vegas Raiders, Hunter Renfro, 15.2 points average per game. What do you think, Delray? I don't know. This one's tough. I mean, I, I think there's a very <laughs> good chance he's not in the top 10. Um, but whether or not he's going to continue to perform at an elite level, um, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't have a good uh, good perspective on that. What are your thoughts? 
This one was really tough for me because I I tend to have the same mindset as you do. Is I really I don't know. I wouldn't have guessed Hunter Renfro was um, was top ten. I would have put him in the top twenty because I knew that he was producing for fantasy. But the top ten that's that's pretty great. I will say his there was a route that he ran and I remember watching. I think it was against the Chiefs and it looked like he broke both his kneecaps when he made a cut. <laughs> Um, and his legs were almost like touching the ground and he made this cut and then he got the, it was a touchdown and I was like, holy cow, this guy, that was a great route. I don't, I don't see him cracking the top 10 next year. I, I think I'm going to definitively say that I could be a hundred percent wrong, but we didn't see Hunter Renfro really start to up his game until, um, Henry Ruggs and that whole unfortunate situation happened and Henry Ruggs was no longer on the team. And then Derek Carr needed to throw the ball to somebody. And then Darren Waller got hurt. Waller came back, and he was kind of, it was kind of like a back-and-forth thing where Waller was kind of back, and Renfro was still eating. But I just don't see him – I think he's a little touchdown dependent. Um, but I, it's tough to say. It, it is so tough to say. I think I'm going to lean towards being out of the top 10 next year. Is he still going to have relevance next year? I believe so because I think he solidified himself with Derek Carr – as a reliable option to go to. But I think they're going to be looking for another wide receiver as they should. And that, you know, that, that might take away from Renfro. So we, how I, old is Hunter Renfro? Do you know? He's 26. Gotcha. Yeah. So still relatively young. I don't know. It, it's a, it definitely is a point to be made that when Darren Waller is healthy, he is a magnet for Derek. Carr. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the healthier Darren Waller is, and if he's able to stay healthy, it's only going to take away the touches that Renfro gets. Um, so just something to consider. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people are are pretty high on Renfro. I would honestly, I think I would try and sell him. I really think I would. Um, if I had him in a league, I would sell him, sell him high because there's a lot of people who are high on him. I wouldn't just sell him for anything, but I would definitely put some feelers out there if, if I was a Renfro owner and see what I could get. And then you come back to us and you ask us, hey, should I make this trade? And we'll say yes or no. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Before we move on, uh, we do have an ad to read for you. And I, I don't know if it's like, <laughs> I don't know don't if have it an is. an ad drop option or sounder. Oh, yeah. We should probably get one of those. We should. Yeah, we'll talk to... Well, you're the producer. Well, I'll talk to you. Uh, okay, yeah. You, you shoot me your thoughts, and I'll right. deny them, probably. Um, but yeah, so uh, we do have an ad. I don't know if it is proper broadcaster etiquette to announce that we have an ad before I read the ad, but I, I did. So I guess we're going from there. We have an um, ad. We have an ad. All right. So if you are a fan of the NBA, uh, you know that that league is full of fast-paced gameplay and thrilling stories. Uh, if you want to keep up with the NBA season's latest updates, you need to tune into a fun-filled podcast called Another Turnover, and it's hosted by a good friend of ours named Chris A.A. Ron Murphy. We went to school with him. Great guy, funny guy. He knows everything there is to know about the NBA. So unlike the uh, typical basketball analyst most people are familiar with, this show is told completely from a basketball fan's perspective, and he always says he's a basketball fan with zero credibility, but I actually take exception to that. I've listened to many episodes of the podcast. I am uh, astounded with how many things that he just knows off the top of his head. I mean, when we're doing this podcast, we're always looking stuff up. We have notes, and you can just tell this guy's just rattling off the top of his head. He seems to know everything. Uh, So you want to check out your new episodes uh, on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, and be sure to follow the show on all social media platforms. It is called Another Turnover. You can find it at Another Turnover on all social media. Please check it out. Yeah, yeah. I I think that was... Hey, 
golf clap for the ad read. You probably can't oh, hear it you. in my mic. But uh, no, guys, seriously, if you guys are basketball fans, highly recommend you jump on over there and give it a listen. I said that I'm not a basketball fan, um, but I have listened to some of Chris's stuff. And as you said, he he does a wonderful job um, and he does. He knows an incredible amount. So if you're looking for a new uh, new podcast to listen to focused on the NBA, go give another turnover a listen. I think you'll really enjoy it. So yeah, he is a Spurs fan, which is don't hold that against him. But outside of that, it is a great show. Um, but I, I believe we got some questions to answer. We do. Let's jump in. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. I always tell myself right when I at the end of that drop, don't like mouth sing mail. Um, but then I always do. I feel like I like on YouTube, you'll see me going mail. And I tell myself stop doing it, but I can't because it's just so catchy and I love it. Yeah, it does make you look ridiculous. Um, sure however, that's the mark of a good sounder when you're singing along. It's always good. That's, Some of my favorite hey. podcasts have just random sounders that they just created and I'm, I'm always just singing along to them. I'll, I'll be washing dishes just singing sounders. It makes me sound like a psychopath <laughs> and I love it. That does. All right. So first question from Wimo 95 Wemo, Wimo. I don't know. 95, that guy. He says... Wemo, Imo, who knows? 95. (laughs) He says, uh, which side do you like in a Superflex 12-team half-point PPR league, Terry McLaurin or Chase Claypool Claypool and a 2023 late second rounder? So I I actually saw that on our Twitter account today. This question was asked prematurely, um, and I believe the the fans, um, they they went with the, the Terry McLaurin side. And I, I struggle with this question because I I look at Chase Claypool and, and Terry McLaurin very similarly. I think Terry McLaurin is a much more skilled receiver, not much more because I think they're both great. But I think Scary Terry is definitely has the upside of of talent. The only issue is is who's going to be throwing him the ball, and the, and the the issue is is who's going to be throwing Chase Claypool the ball because we don't know, we have no idea, and. With that in mind, I mean, Scary Terry finished, uh, I, I want to say it was like wide receiver 25, I think. Um, and I had him. And I never, I I regretted, I, I actually traded for him in a league and I regretted it because he, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't depend on him. He'd have boomer bust games. And, and I, in fantasy football, you need reliability. You need somebody who, at the very bare minimum, even if you know that somebody's going to get you seven points every time, that's still seven points, and that could make or break a win or a loss for you. So, And you never knew what you were going to get with him. You didn't. And Chase Claypool, he finished wide receiver 37, which is not good. Um, so they, they both didn't do great, but I think I lean Chase Claypool in the 2023 late second. And the reason being is due to age. Scary Terry's 26 years old, while Chase Claypool is 23 if we're, if we're talking shelf life, I think Chase Claypool, I mean, obviously, he's got three years on him. Not only that, but you're getting a 2023 late second round, um, which is has no bearing on this year, but going into next year could could help you tremendously. So unless either one of these guys finds a quarterback, I think I would lean with the Chase Claypool one. All right, fair enough. Next question is from Lil Biss, my friend, 2015. I think uh, little B is my friend. Little B, <laughs> yeah, that, that makes more sense. Little but B little is Biss? my friend. Little... <laughs> I thought 
thought there was maybe an up and coming SoundCloud rapper that we're shouting out to. Lil Biss. Lil All right, Biss. Lil Biss, my friend. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Being offered a, a 1.01 for Mac. It is a uh, uh, super flex league, and he has Kyler and Baker as his quarterbacks. Mac Jones or the 1.01. So I know a lot of people right now are high on Mac Jones, um, and I understand why because he's with the Patriots. He's he's a he's going to be their guy for as long as Bill Belichick's there. Mac Jones will probably be their guy, and he looked okay. He from a rookie, you saw him grow throughout the year, and you saw him be able to get more comfortable in his role, make better reads. And he's probably going to continue to do that. But in a super flex league, you already have Kyler Murray. And he is, I mean, he's a top five quarterback no matter what. And in super flex, he, he definitely has incredible value. Baker Mayfield is interesting. I, <laughs> I'm not high on Baker Mayfield. Um, he's going to come back with the Browns next year. And he will be serviceable. I would probably... I would probably trade Mac Jones for the 1.01. I I really would because I think you have you have Kyler Murray. Mac Jones is never going to win you a game on his legs. He's not. He's he's that traditional Bill Belichick pocket passer. And yeah, he he does move a little bit, but he doesn't move a ton. He's he doesn't move like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. See him during the uh, see him during the uh, uh, what is the game called? Not the All Star game. Uh, oh, the Shrine remember. Bowl or whatever yeah. the, the East West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it on the day, but yeah, he they was were scrambling around touch. like a madman, and then he hit the gritty in the in the end zone. Man, it looks like he's got some moves. <laughs> he did do that, but uh, they were playing two hand touch, and he he just decided he didn't want to get touched. <laughs> uh, he did get touched. He just decided that he was still gonna get just a touchdown out going. of it. So yeah, um, I would take the one on one. I don't know what the rest of your team looks like, Lil Biss, uh, <laughs> but. Um, that 1.01 could, could be a stud for a long time. Kyler's young. Baker is also young and his shelf life probably isn't great, but I think you could probably suffice getting a one, you know, the one one pick and then maybe looking for a, uh, another quarterback down the stretch, depending on what your team looks like. So I don't know what other quarterbacks you have other than these two, if you have any, but, um, I'd probably take the one one Yeah. I agree. I think uh, I'm not necessarily high on Baker, but I think there's a good chance he is a much better quarterback going into next year once he gets a chance to heal up a little bit. Um, So I think he's going to be even more valuable than he was. Um, So I guess we'll see. Yeah, sorry. I was popping, you know, we drink whiskey on the show. I don't think we've actually come out and said it, but if you go on our YouTube, (laughs) we have little whiskey glasses on our bar. I think we've said Um, it many times. Have we? Maybe I just drink too much. Maybe it's, it's been obnoxious. Maybe. Yeah, we don't drink. Uh, yeah, at no, all. You're right. I've oh. I've never drank a day in my life. Me either. Um, mm. All right. What's the next question? Uh, next question is from Jay Parnell, 1994. Thank you for having a name that is easy to read. Uh, <laughs> all right. He says Acres or Moore. He's got DJ Moore, and someone wants to do a deal straight up Moore for Cam Acres. What do you think? I um. I think I would. Uh, I think I would do that trade. I don't know what else you have. Cam Akers. Nobody thought he would do what he did after his surgery. I mean, he it was his Achilles, I believe, and six months later he is running in the Super Bowl. Like that doesn't happen. Nobody thought they thought his career was done. They thought he would. You know, he was over with as a young guy, and he came back and he looked good. 
Well, I think at the very least, you expected him to be out for a lot longer. Than yeah, yeah, was, no, that's know. absolutely that's part of it. Is that everybody thought he would? I I never thought he'd come back. It's tough because I I don't know the situation on Henderson and Michelle. I believe Michelle is a free agent. Um, and and honestly, Henderson was getting touches stolen. I know Henderson got kind of hurt, but Sony looked like he was starting to take touches away from Henderson anyway. I think Cam Akers is better than all of them, and I think he will be their guy going forward. My only worry with this. Actually, you know what? I don't even have to worry about it. I, I would do Akers. I would. DJ Moore doesn't have a quarterback at the moment. That could change. We know shelf life for running backs is a little bit less than a receiver, but he's still going to be a viable running back for years to come, I believe, and for that reason, I would do it. Yeah. Does it make you nervous that he's been dealing with – I mean, he obviously came back from the injury, but he's obviously – he's, he's he, he, injuries have to be on your mind going forward. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And it does, does it concern me a little bit? Yeah, it does. But I I think he's proven himself enough in the postseason to, to help qualm some of those worries with a lot of people. And, and would it be on my mind? Yeah, but not enough to shy away from this trade. I I think I would. I think I would do it. I, I DJ Moore, we know he's talented, but Cam Akers is in... I mean, he's he's on an NFL team that just won the Super Bowl last year. They're explosive. There's weapons everywhere. And if if I could get a piece of that offense by trading away DJ Moore, I would I would do it. Um, maybe not for anybody in the offense, but for for Cam Akers, yeah, because he's going to be a running back and he's going to eat. We know he's going to eat. So I, I I think I would do it. All right. So before we move on to the rest of the questions, we got to take a brief break here because um, as we know, uh, we're in the off season now which means uh, as content producers here, we really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel uh, and find what semblance of entertainment we can provide to our listeners. <laughs> um, and so with that said, uh, I hope I lowered your expectations enough to bring you Scotty's Hot Take. Scotty's Hot Take. Lay it on us, Scotty. What do you got for your hot take? So I've just been struggling with this, man. And this is a this is a take I've provided to you before, and you've given me your thoughts, and your thoughts are incorrect, uh, if I remember if I remember right. Um, but we have officially hit Girl Scout cookie season. Yes, uh, we and have. like like a the good American that I am, I purchased more Girl Scout cookies than any man should be able to eat in a lifetime, and I will eat them all within probably three weeks. Um, but I've been dealing with a lot of misinformation and we know misinformation, it's a big problem in our society today, right? We have Twitter censoring people. You got Facebook kicking people off the platform because of misinformation yeah. And, yeah. and all this stuff. You know, it's something that's on the forefront of every, everybody's mind. And the biggest misinformation that we need to address, uh, deals with thin mint cookies, which people for whatever reason routinely regard as the best Girl Scout cookie or top tier Girl Scout cookie. But here's the thing. I just want to I want to preface this by saying um, cookies are like boobs. And so what, what I mean by that is even a bad. Well, I cookie, love this analogy. Just, I don't even still care a where cookie. this is. I, I love I love that analogy. But continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, it's true. I mean, you're never going to deny a cookie. Cookies are great. And there are, there are certainly tiers of cookies, but, you know, a cookie's a cookie. And so I, I, I say this as someone who will sit down and eat a box of Thin Mint cookies in one sitting without thinking twice about it. But Thin Mint cookies are the A cups of cookies, right? You're, you're, you're not, you're not going <laughs> to deny them necessarily, but if you had the choice between the A cup or the D cup, it's an obvious, it's an obvious answer. Okay, what's your, D, what's your D cup? 
What's your D oh, cup? The, the D uh, the D cup is the uh, the peanut butter uh, patties or whatever. Oh, okay, I can't remember so, what they're called. I I those are really good, and I I like those a lot. But I also like Thin Mints a lot, and I would put them both at C cups. I think if we're doing boob to cookie ratio, <laughs> I think I. Uh, you are you are not a fan of mint, um, and I know that. And I have some stuff that our listeners probably would like to see um, because of you losing a bet, which maybe we'll show one day. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. But uh, <laughs> but if you're one of these if you're one of these psychopaths, people who have uh, you, you should probably be on a, a government list somewhere who thinks that mint, which is the same thing that's in your toothpaste should be in your desserts and treats. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. That's crazy. I don't know why you'd want your ice cream or your cookies to taste the same as your Crest, Crest whitening strips that you use every night. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's disgusting. And and like I said, disgusting is relative because I would still eat them for sure because they're cookies, just like I still would love some A-cups. But it's it's lowest on the list, and it's, it's barely... <laughs> barely a cookie it really is barely a cookie. Uh, thin mint cookies if you freeze thin mint cookies and you, oh my god i could eat the whole box and i've gotten very close so um, i just i think it's important to leave on this note that if you're a listener of the show thank you for listening but if you like thin mint cookies then you're officially banned from the show <laughs> and you're not welcome to listen anymore i'll tell you and what that's whenever directly from whenever producer, scotty talks so. Whenever Scotty talks you just mute him and then you can listen to me because i am pro mint i am pro Thin mint cookies, and I like things that are mint. So yeah, I, you uh, just destroyed your credibility. So this podcast is officially <laughs> going to tank. Maybe we'll put a poll out there, see what you people think, and we'll let the we'll let the users uh, or the listeners, excuse me. Actually, this is a good point, and I think we need to talk about it. What do we call our listeners? That's what we do. We call them. I, I've been kind of thinking of some ideas, but I think we need to come up with a title to call our listeners. Well, that, that I sounds don't just like call something them maybe listeners. they should decide. We could we could put out a poll. And number okay. one choice could just be our listeners, which is generic, but you know, boring, still, but still pretty could. good. Yeah, um, they could be leather brains, just like we're leather brains. We're all leather brains here. We're just leather brains talking to other leather brains. Uh, they That's... could be brain. They could be brainiacs. Um, yep. Although I would argue that you know we're the brainiacs, and you know their brains and are the... much smaller than ours. Uh, that's why they come to us uh, for some <laughs> reason for advice. But all that right. is an option there too. Uh, and maybe there could be a couple other that we're not thinking of off the top of our heads. But that's a good question to ask them. Yeah, yeah, we would love your guys' input on that. So hit us up and let us know what you guys want to be called because we don't know what to call you. Um, okay, are we ready to get back into the mail? Yeah, I, yeah I think there's right. a couple of questions. We, we got to get back to business here. Okay. Um, okay, so next question is from Modinero. Mother F. Why can't you guys just have normal <laughs> names? I literally don't understand this. I think it's Modinero. <laughs> <laughs> There's a possibility that I'm just too stupid to understand I, all I of these great I think it really names. is Mo De Niro. Yeah, that makes way more sense to you. <laughs> uh, this is not my brightest question. I, I apologize oh, for everyone man. listening. But this yes, is, you're right. Okay. This for, is good content. <laughs> for the record, it is spelled weird, and also I've been drinking. So, But <laughs> Mo De Niro 954 says, which side do you prefer for scoring? Uh, or scoring or deducting on players' fumbles and fumbles lost? This is an interesting question. Okay, so uh, he gives us a couple options here. Number one is uh, minus one point for a fumble and minus one point for the fumble lost. Uh, okay. Number two is uh, just two points taken away if the fumble is lost. But another option is 
you don't subtract anything for the fumble that's recovered by the player's team. And then uh, you subtract two points if the other team recovers. Um, so what do you think? I actually don't know in, in the league that you and I are in, what is what is it set up as? So uh, very recently, um, we moved from Yahoo over to Sleeper. And in that transition, I became the commissioner of our, it's a long time league of ours with a bunch of friends and uh, it's all redraft, but I became the commissioner and I think some of the rules changed a little bit. Um, And one of them being is this is, I believe it was slightly changed and I didn't notice it until the, you know, the season started and I didn't want to make a big stink about it, but my, my quarterback was Kyler Murray and that dude put the ball on the ground every freaking game and it drove me nuts because I, I, he would run, he would fumble, it would be counted as a fumble. So what we would have is uh, the, the rule number one, which is minus one for a fumble and minus one for fumble lost. And it, but he would always get the ball back. So he would put the ball on the ground and then he would scoop it back and then I would lose a point just for him doing that. And I was like, dude, come on. So I really hadn't thought about it until this year and it bit me in the ass and it drove me nuts. So I think that <laughs> unfortunately rule number one is probably what the, the most fair because if you're going to have somebody constantly fumble they need to be penalized for it and and then if they lose it they need to be even more penalized um which sucks because i as somebody who struggled with that all year i i hated it and i wanted to bring it up and change the rule but i i knew that was unfair and so I didn't say anything, and I sucked it up, and I kept losing points from K1. But it's also the most fair because you think about it. Like, if a running back is constantly fumbling the ball, he's going to get pulled. The only people who really aren't going to get pulled for fumbling the ball are quarterbacks and, like, your go-to guys. Like a John Taylor, if he fumbles the ball once, he's not going to get pulled for it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think rule number one is probably the most fair. It sucks when you have somebody who's fumbling a lot, but I think – that is the most fair. So that's that's what I would go with on this one. Yeah. So I tend to minus agree, one I for the fumble and minus one for the fumble lost. Yeah. All right. It's settled. That's the best way. Moving on to C underscore Williams 45. He is in a 10-team Superflex PPR league. Are you taking C.D. Lamb or D.J. Moore, Rondale Moore, and a 2023 second rounder? I'm going to take D.J. Moore, Rondale, the Moore brothers. I don't think they're really brothers. Actually, I know they're not brothers, but I would, for the sake of the question, they're brothers. Uh, I would take DJ Moore, Rondale Moore in a 2023 second over CD Lamb. CD Lamb, we talked about him in a previous episode. He didn't really produce as well as he should have this year. He's young, but DJ Moore and Rondale Moore are also extremely young. Rondale Moore, I think, is going to carve out more of a role for himself in the Cardinals this upcoming year. And in a 2023 second round is viable. Both of those receivers, especially DJ Moore, I think has a lot of upside. And he just, as we've said so many times, he just needs a quarterback. So I, I would take the Moors because you're getting a lot more value there. Um, but that's what I would nice. do. All right, moving on to Toonchi25. Who wins? Jameis Winston and a 1.06 or Russell Wilson and a 2.1? You can't spell win without Winston, Scott Del Rey. You can't. But in this situation, you might be able to. Yeah, uh, it seems like you might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The 1.06 is really appealing on the Jameis Winston side. And Jameis Winston is going to start somewhere next year. I, I, With as many openings in the quarterback position as there are in the league right now, I think Jameis Winston will find himself in a starting role. The question is, is what are you looking to, to do here? Because Russell Wilson is, I, I don't think, I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the league. I really don't. I still think he's got relevance, but um, he hurt himself. He came back too early. He wants to be Mr. Do-It-All. Um, and I guess I, I don't know where your team is headed. Are you looking for a rebuild? Because if so, Jameis Winston in the 106 might not be a bad play. If you're looking for a championship, I would go the Russell Wilson side because I think he will provide fantasy relevance. I don't think he finished in the top 10 this year, but that's in large part due to injury. I'd have to double-check that, so... Whatever our listeners call themselves, don't hold me to that. I need to do a little bit more research. But I think I would probably go Russ Wilson in the 2.1 in this situation. Yeah, it's it's not really a blockbuster either way. Um, the it thing isn't. about it, though, is that with the 106, uh, assuming we're talking about a, uh, a dynasty league, you know, it, it's tough to draft. And so you don't know if you're actually going to get your money's worth in that uh, with that yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah, And so I, I also think I'd probably choose Russ Wilson just because he's showed himself to be reliable. But you're right. I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't play for that much longer. Um, I think that there's a good chance Russ Wilson, you know, goes on a bit of a run here toward the end of his career and really solidifies himself. But um, that's, you know, not really based on any evidence. So it's just my gut feeling. Um, so I think I'd probably go with Russ Wilson, too. But I don't know. It's kind of tough. It is tough because neither one is something I'm like excited about or would be right. excited about. So yeah. I guess it really would Tunchi twenty five. It really I would say depends on where the rest of your team is is where you you go with that trade. Yeah. All right, we're gonna finish up <laughs> with our last question. That is a two parter. It is from David Shoop, and Yo. he asks, uh, "How far should we let Michael Thomas fall and CMC fall before it's worth the risk?" and where should we treat players like Amon Ross St. Brown? So I'm going to answer the first part first. How far should we let Michael Thomas and CMC fall before it's worth the risk? I think Michael Thomas is, was going to fall way more than CMC will. I still see CMC. Uh, he's still a first rounder, I, I would think. I would, I would assume he will get drafted in the first round based on his previous record. His, I mean, he's had wonderful seasons when he's played that that's the problem is he just doesn't play a lot so i think a lot of people are hopeful that he will come back healthy um and i think this is like his last year for a lot of people where they will probably draft him high and if he does the same shit that he has the last two years which is no fault of his own injuries are injuries but if he does that again i don't think most people are going to be high on him anymore i think he will fall dramatically but this year i think he will still be a first rounder i can tell you from my personal mentality i I would stay away from Christian McCaffrey. I would not be excited to draft him because of the injury, you know, his uh, his injury proneness, which I don't think is a word. But um, that's that's where I would I would be afraid. Michael Thomas, I I don't see him even entering the sixth round. I Michael Thomas we know is a was because we didn't see him play last year, but we knew he was talented. And then I I think I've said it before on a previous episode, but. Something weird was going on with Michael Thomas. Like he claimed he couldn't play due to injury, and and I I don't know the full story there. And I I would be worried. <coughs> oh man. Um. So I I would say Michael Thomas is not even going to hit the sixth round. I I 
he might. But the other thing is, who the hell's throwing the ball? Is Jameis Winston going to come back? Who knows? Who knows? So unless that they get a significant upgrade at quarterback, I, and I, I don't know if that's going to happen, I, I'm i not high on Michael Thomas because he doesn't have anybody getting in the ball. So Yeah, um, I mean, he has potential to be a great value pick if you're able to, you know, if the, the situation works itself out where he does start seeing the field um, and he's got someone decent throwing, even Jameis throwing him the ball would be would be fine as long as he's playing, you know. Um, and obviously he's a great wide receiver, one of the best in the NFL. He's just got to actually be playing for that. And so you might end up, if he falls low enough, you might end up getting a good value out of him. Uh, but it's, it's pretty risky. It's one of those things where the fantasy Would you take him in the fifth round? Would you take him in the fifth round in a redraft? Yeah, I'd take him in the fifth round. Um, Would you really? I I think that the, the fantasy manager who ends up with Michael Thomas is going to be the prototypical boom or bust fantasy manager where they're not someone who's out to take the middle of the pack. They're either going to win or they're going to be fighting for last place. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, you know, I've so far only been fighting for last place, but that's the way I see myself (laughs) as I start taking, I take a little bit of risks like that. Uh, and I think that makes the game kind of fun and it also has potential to make you look like a genius. Um, so I probably would take him, uh, you know, at, at that point in time, when you're getting down to the fifth into the sixth round, you're starting to take risks on anybody that you draft. Um, and I think that would be a decent risk to take, especially if we get some reassurance that he's going to be seeing the field. Yeah, and, and that's that's ultimately what this question boils down to is who is going to be there with him on the field. And if it is, I mean, we're just going to make up a situation where Aaron Rodgers goes there. Michael Tom, I mean, his values, and he still stays with the Saints, is going to be incredible. Like, yeah, you're going to take Michael Thomas in the second round or the third round. So that it's too soon to tell, I guess, is really where I'm, I'm sitting at. If, if this is a redraft-type question... We need more of the story, and we will get more of the story as we get closer to the next season. But I'm I'm not high on Michael Thomas right now, and um, I would look at him below the fifth round is is where I would kind of see him. Maybe where I would start kind of questioning. Maybe I should grab Michael Thomas because there's there's still value in the fifth round. So I would, I would put him a little bit lower. CMC is still going to be a, he's going to be a late first rounder. I I would imagine. So yeah, I agree. Well, the thing about <coughs> CMC is. Uh, he, uh, you know, if he's seeing the field, he's one of he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you're right that you I just think he's going to be. Well, he's going to be taken high right now. Uh, if he still has the injury bug, he's going to be someone that people are just throw their hands in the air and um, you know don't want to deal with it. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's a, I'd probably take CMC middle middle of the second if he's there. Um, I think that would be a, a good a good pickup for you because he has potential to be a league winner if he can play. Yep. Um, so it just kind of depends, but I I think in the first round that it'd be tough for me to. Take I wouldn't him. I wouldn't take him in the first round. He probably uh, he will almost, be. A, he'll guarantee you a couple wins in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, <laughs> before then, he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, and then after but, that, it's up in the air. Yeah, I I I would not want to touch CMC in the first round, but I guess that all depends on who's drafted around you as well. So, yeah. um, the other the second part of this question from David Shoop is how should we treat players like Amon Rodog, St. Brown? I Amon Ra falls in the same category as like a Gabriel Davis where um, towards the end of the year, they had incredible runs. They did phenomenal. But will that transition into the 2022 season? If we're talking about Amon Ra himself, I, 
I wouldn't look at him as a wide receiver one, but I'd put him in the wide receiver two category for sure. Um, he definitely started to show himself and him and Goff had a great connection. And I mean, he was putting up 30 to 40 or not 40, but like 25 to 30 points a game. And he was, he, he won people championships. He won me a championship. So he did a great job and I think he will have relevance. He's very talented. He's young. He's in an offense that is horrible. So he's getting the ball a lot. And Mm. the nice thing about the lions was they were, I say the nice thing. If you're a lions fan, I'm sorry for saying this, but the nice thing from a fantasy perspective is the Lions were always down, so they were always throwing the ball. They were doing, they were trying to play catch up the whole time, and that made Amon Ra even that more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think he will have relevance next year. I think he will be startable next year. I wouldn't put him in the Devontae Adams category um, because they don't have enough talent around there, and and Jared Goff is not talented enough to constantly keep that up. But I I think that he he will he will be serviceable. And then like a Gabriel Davis, like I said, I put them in a very similar situation and I would say the same thing about Gabriel Davis. I think that he started to show flashes of him doing great stuff. I think I think Gabriel Davis' situation is a little bit different because Josh Allen's there, you have Stephon Diggs, you have an offense with multiple weapons and the Lions are getting there. I just don't have that much faith in Jared Goff. So I think that Gabriel Davis is, I, would I draft Gabriel Davis in the third round? No. I wouldn't, but would I be thinking about maybe seeing where his ADP is and maybe popping a little bit early? Maybe. Um, so definitely somebody to these, these players are people, excuse me. These players are people that you should keep an eye on, but I wouldn't go reaching for them early because I, I don't think that they will suffice the reach. Yeah. Well, something to keep in mind is St. Brown had 560 yards and five touchdowns over the course of the last six games of the mm-hmm. season. If he is able to keep up production like that, this dude is a no-brainer. But the question is, will he? Um, you know, I, I'd say he's going to be a you know, top-end wide receiver, too, going into next year, and that even might be a little bit of a reach uh, just because he's so unproven. Uh, but the way he ended the season, man, if he is able to to keep growing on that, Abs- he's going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. And, and Hawkinson was injured, so he wasn't there. So uh, Goff had to throw to somebody. But that offense, I think, with the Lions is going to change and improve a lot. Dan Campbell did a phenomenal job keeping the Lions in a lot of games where they had no business even being competitive in. They, I mean, they, they stayed neck and neck with so many different teams. They did a great job for not really having a lot around them. And I, I think Amon Ra will be good. I really do. I think he will be good. I would like to have him, but I don't want to spend up and, and reach for him and then it'd be a bust. I don't. He had a he had an incredible end of season run. But you could make the argument that going into next year, he's gonna be the wide receiver one. Defenses are going to be keying on him. How does that look? Because nobody was really keying on anybody with the Lions because they didn't have anybody. They weren't doing a whole lot. So Time will tell, but I would I I would not reach too far to obtain any of those Amon Ra type players. I would like yeah. to have them, sure, and I would be excited if I did have them. But those people right now, their value is so high because of the way they ended their season that I don't think it's worth what you would have to pay to get them. Yeah, that's that's the key takeaway: is it, are are other people in your league going to draft them much higher? 
than where they should be drafted just because of the end of season hype. Um, at which point it may be good just to let them kind of slide to another team. And, and who uh, knows? Let, it, let, it, yeah. it could work in their favor to do that, but I don't want to take that risk. So that's, yeah. it, if you want to be riskier and go for that, then, then maybe you do. But I personally would not want to take that risk. Yeah. I think this is one of those situations where if you, if you find him falling to you in an appropriate place, grab him for sure. Yeah. Um, but if, if other people are going to grab him ahead of time, let, let them make that risk and you make a more, uh, you know, calculated move at that point. Yep. Yep. I agree. Well, that's it. That, that wraps up all of our questions. Thank you to <laughs> Lil Biss and Wymo <laughs> and, and Mo, uh, Mo Dinero and all of the great <laughs> listeners of this podcast for their contributions. Oh man. Hey guys, I do want to say thank you so much for uh for submitting these questions and I, I do have an ask if you guys could do us a huge favor and go follow us on social we're, we're very very active on twitter we also have an instagram page going and if you'd like to see our ugly mugs we are also this podcast is on youtube as well um but uh we would love for you guys to follow us uh, especially on twitter we're very very active on twitter we're answering people's questions we're we're talking to people we're submitting polls we're actually taking some of these questions that we ask on air and getting getting people's opinions on those as well. So uh, go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and, and send us your questions. DM us your questions. Ask us your fantasy football questions. Tell your friends about this. It, we, we would love to keep doing this, and we keep doing this for you guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, the more questions that we have, the better this gets, the more fun this gets. We love doing this, and, and we just need – we need more questions from you guys. So yeah, the, the thing to remember is that we're a new podcast. So every podcast you've ever listened to tells you to follow them on social and, and like them and all this stuff. Uh, that actually makes a huge impact for us as we're, as we're trying to get our footing here. Um, so if you like, the, if you like the show, uh, take two seconds out of your day. If you want to avoid being banned from the show by me, uh, go out there and, <laughs> and give us a like, give us a share, give us a rating because uh, your, your impact on this show as compared to every other show you listen to is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, We like to have fun. We like to answer questions. And we understand that right now it might be kind of dry because there's not a lot going on, but we're going to try and make it as entertaining and fun for you guys as possible. Also trying to help you win some championships. So appreciate you tuning in. Go give us a follow, like, tell your friends, share it. Anything you do, we will greatly appreciate. And we are out. Out.